We are going to continue with uh, our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And today, uh, the sermon series is entitled, Are You Traveling on the Narrow Way? You don't have to talk to me about your answer. Between you and God, are you traveling on the narrow way? Because you see, Jesus makes it very clear that's the pathway we need to be on, the narrow way, not the broad way, the narrow way, the way that very few people choose, the place where few people in, in this life walk, but that's the path that God wants us to travel on. And so Jesus is now at the point in the Sermon on the Mount where he's giving his disciples practical application. How do they live practically? How are they to apply all the lessons that he's given them about character? Um, And so chapter 7 has a common theme, you see. It's about judgment, about judgment, uh, about how God will judge us as we act towards other people. Are you loving your neighbors as yourself? Are you being filled with mercy and kindness and righteousness? Uh, are you poor in spirit? All these aspects in life that God wants to see from you. And now he gives you the practical application that you take it all and now you apply it. Uh, and you apply it by walking, you see, on the narrow way. Uh, and so he comes to the point where he lays this all out in Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. And we'll put the words up on the board so you see it. And Jesus says there, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Only a few find it. Wow, that is sobering, isn't it? To me, that is sobering. And so what it means is that in this world, most people want to define their own religiosity. Most people want to define God the way they see God. They determine that their lives have to be filled with good works, and it's their good works that's going to get them to heaven. And if they're a good husband or a good father, God will take all of that into account. But you see, that's the broad way. That's the wide way. That's why so many people choose to walk on that. But with Jesus, it's very narrow. It's very specific. No man cometh to the Father except through me. Period. End of sentence. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. And so you see, that's the narrow way. That's the way it is. And this is how Jesus wants us to manifest it to the world. He wants your life to be centralized on that position. So there's no point in listening to the Sermon on the Mount, no point whatsoever, if you don't intend to apply it, if you don't intend to walk in the narrow way. There's so many in the world that says, oh, I admire the Sermon on the Mount. I I intend to live by it. But they're not Christian, and I told you this before. If you're not a Christian, you cannot live by the Sermon on the Mount because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. It is only the filling of the Holy Spirit that allows you to walk and conform yourself to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, And so Jesus expects us to exhibit spiritual fruit. He expects us to demonstrate love and kindness and mercy and righteousness and love for your neighbor and praying for those that detest you in every possible way. And it is the spiritual proof from that kind of life that manifests itself to a lost world. And so this becomes very important to us as we walk with the Lord. 
Uh, and so it is not merely an ethical idea or a philosophy of life. This is Christian Living 101. Uh, these verses, verses 13 and 14, are, are meant to exhort us, you see, to a higher calling, a calling the world does not understand. The Christian message is not some theoretical message, but it is a practical application of life that must become your characteristic of daily living in everything that you do, every moment of your life. Now, Jesus tells us that the outstanding characteristic uh, of the Christian in the life that he wants you to lead is really narrowness. Narrowness. It is a narrow life. We must walk along a narrow way. It is a useful and practical application of how the Lord wants us to live. You see, there are two gates in front of us. There's no third gate. There's no other choice. It's either one or the other. It's either the broad gate or the narrow gate. If you're not on the one road, you're automatically on the other. Uh, and the one on the left, and notice I said the one on the left, is wide and broad and leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. And a great number of people are entering through it, you see. Now, they're not bad people. They're not evil people, really, but they're people who are doing their own thing. In many cases, they are putative Christians, you see? Putative Christians. They think they're walking with God. They think they're walking with the Lord, but they're not. They're walking on the Broadway, and it's so nice, the Broadway, you know? Why? Because you're with a lot of people. You're with a lot of friends. Most likely, you're with a lot of family also. All right? And you know what? You're doing your own thing. You're able to express yourself in the way that you want. Uh, you have your own philosophies, and you're just walking along the broad way. Uh, and, and so not realizing that that broad way is leading you to, to destruction. But the pathway on the right is the narrow gate. And here's the thing about the narrow gate. We only go through the narrow gate one at a time. It's that narrow the narrow gate re requires us to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we walk through one at a time as we are saved. You see, only saved people walk through the narrow gate. Only people who have given themselves up to Christ walk through the narrow gate. Uh, and this is the gate that Jesus wants us to walk on. And what I've found in life, and, and I know so many people come to me and they say, well, I don't understand it. I look at certain denominations, uh, and they maintain that they're Christians, uh, but I don't see the fruit in their lives. Uh, and I don't know really whether they're saved or not. Uh, I don't see the application in their life. And I would say this to you, first of all, nobody knows who's saved and who is not saved but God. Can I get an amen on that? All right, let's understand that. But here's what I've noticed in life. There's an application of what I call day one Christianity and day two Christianity. And in day one Christianity, you see, people come and see who Jesus is, and they accept Jesus uh, as God, and they say that he is their Lord and Savior. And then what they do is they put a chair down. They're saved, okay? 
But it's day two, which really is required by the Lord to walk with him, to pick up our cross, to walk with Jesus every day of our life. And it is that walking, daily walking in day two, which personifies the Christian experience. That is truly how we are saved, walking with Jesus. And so you need to understand that. That is the narrow way. We've taken up the cross. We're walking with Christ. Now, Jesus never tells us that this way is easy. In fact, in many ways, he tells us it's hard. And it is hard. It's not an easy way to live. The blessings are overwhelming. The rewards are overwhelming. But the daily walking is not an easy walk because it's narrow. Uh, and so the first thing we leave behind when we choose to walk on the narrow way is what I call worldliness. We leave behind the crowds. We leave behind the way of the world. We leave behind the approval of people uh, in so many ways. Uh, and we leave the vast majority of people who are walking in a different way, we leave them behind. Now, the Christian way of life has never been popular. Oh, I understand that certain denominations might be popular, but I'm singularly emphasizing the Christian way of life, not a denominational experience. And what you'll find is it's never been popular. Uh, and so we need to know this in advance. We need to explain this to people in advance. When we walk with Christ on the narrow road, it's not going to be a popular trip. Uh, and crowding through the wide gate is always going to be popular. And you quickly learn that when you choose the narrow road uh, and you leave the crowds behind. So one of the first things that happens when you become a Christian and you walk through the narrow gate and you now be start walking on the narrow road uh, <clears throat> is that you realize that you will be responsible one day to stand before God. You'll be responsible. And when you do... He will want to know what you did for the kingdom. He'll want to know how you lived your life. How did you manifest his love to you through the world? And so, so many Christians still have this spirit of worldliness in them. In other words, we have to leave all of the elements of worldliness outside of the gate. Anger, resentment, bitterness, failure to love your neighbor, failure to have a poverty of spirit. All that has to be left outside the gate. You understand? Uh, and as we walk, taking the cross of Jesus, and we walk on the narrow gate, now we predicate our life in an entirely different way. And Jesus has taught us that we no longer live for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We no longer live for revenge. We no longer live our lives in, in bitterness. We now love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who hate us and yet we still pray for them, those who despise us. We must leave all of this depraved conduct outside of the gate before we walk through it because it doesn't represent the kind of life we have to live on the narrow road. And so there is no such thing as an easy salvation. We need a radical break, a radical break from the world in every possible thing. Uh, and so we also have to leave behind self. And this may be the most important thing to leave behind. Because you see, self represents the fallen world. Self, the image of self, the importance of self, me, me, I, I, my rights, my dignity, my respect, all of that has to be left behind. Because we're carrying the cross of Jesus. 
It's no longer about me, but it's about him. And that's the point of walking on the narrow road. And so we must leave all of this outside of the narrow gate. That is why the narrow gate is hard. That is why the narrow road is hard. Self represents the fallen man. And we're all subject to this. All of us. Uh, the self must be left behind. The gospel of Jesus Christ is humbling to self and to pride and to arrogance. Just reflect on the words of the Sermon on the Mount uh, from the beginning of time. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the world. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Lord, how can I be poor in spirit when I'm concerned about myself, my image, my respect? No, you see, it doesn't go. You don't have a poverty of spirit if you're concerned about yourself. And so if you find yourself concerned about yourself, then I have to question whether you're truly walking on the narrow road. And this is between you and the Lord. No natural man likes to be poor in spirit. Let's understand that. No human being on his own without the impact of the Holy Spirit likes to be poor in spirit. We like to be elevated, but you understand God doesn't want that. God wants the poverty of spirit. So how can we bless those who curse us? How can we pray for those who hate us in any way if we are not humbled before the image of God? Honestly, ask yourself this. You can't live that kind of life unless you've seen God and are humbled by God and have a poverty of spirit. This is walking on the narrow way. Self does not exist on the narrow road. It does not exist. And so how can we live by the golden rule? How can we unless we've been crucified to self? And so this, the narrow road you see as we walk with Jesus is a road filled with a life of self-abasement and humility in every possible way. And Jesus said, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Deny himself right off the beginning. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. This clearly means that we have to leave everything from this world and the old man outside of the gate before we begin walking on the narrow road. We have to say to the world that Christ lives in me. I no longer live for myself. I live for him in everything that we do. Now, the narrow road also involves suffering and involves persecution. Uh, and you go back to Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you, this is Jesus now, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now let me warn you, you're getting persecuted not because you've done something dumb or ignorant, but because you did something for Jesus. Let's understand the difference. You did something for Jesus. You advanced the cause of Christ. And now you're being persecuted and suffering. And I'll give you a personal testimony uh, with regard to this. Because what you will find in life is that when you make a commitment to serve God, to walk with him, uh, to step forward with him, you will find that a lot of people that you know will not affirm you. They'll not bless you. They'll not applaud you. They'll not support you. And I recall when... When I first 
went on the radio, uh, and I never applied to be on the radio. The radio people came to me and asked me to put my messages on the radio. I always said to God, I will not do anything unless you bring it to me, Father. I will not go and do my own thing. I want to abdicate any personal ambition. And so when the radio people came to me and said, we want to put your messages on the radio, and they started to appear on the radio, do you know that I received uh, some comments from people saying, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is going on the radio? What's his game plan? What does he have in mind? Can you imagine going on the radio where I'm not getting paid to go on the radio, that I'm doing it because I'm trying to serve God, and yet some people would criticize that? And you understand exactly the words of Jesus, you see. Because when you walk with him, when you advance the cause of Christ, I don't want you to think, oh, the world is going to applaud you. And I'm sorry to say this, that some of those people were church people. All right? So-called Christians. So be prepared for that. Be prepared for criticism as you walk on the narrow way. Be prepared for people who will not understand the call of God on your life. Jesus said this, which to me is, was so uh, poignant. He said that he did not come to bring peace to the world. This is astonishing. But a sword that may divide mother from daughter or father from son. Can you imagine? Divide? Division? How does that happen? Well, it happens very simply, and you see it every day, because you'll have a family where somebody in the family will accept Christ and begin to walk on the narrow road, and what happens? They're repudiated, sometimes by their parents, sometimes by their siblings, sometimes by their friends, because walking on the narrow road is not universally acclaimed. In fact, often it's despised and misunderstood. And so I want to bring that to your attention today as you understand what we're involved with, what it is that we're involved with as we walk with the Lord. And so this, then, is a call to action by Christ. This message is critical, and I hope you'll, you'll consider it and spread it around. Have I committed myself to this narrow way of life? You have to answer that to God. Have I committed myself, Lord? Or am I just looking through the gate? I'm still walking on the broad way, but I haven't really gone through the narrow gate. That's a question you have to ask yourself and God. And so this is the thing. Is the narrow way controlling my life? If, is every aspect of my life being controlled as I walk on this narrow way, committing myself to you? Is it dominating my life in every possible way? This is the first principle that I must ask myself as a Christian, that Jesus would ask you in every possible way. The second principle is this. The narrow way must be sought out. It just doesn't happen, you understand. You just don't all of a sudden find yourself walking on the narrow way. You have to seek it. You have to look for it. You have to walk through it and pick up the cross. Seeking the narrow gate means that you have sought the truth of God uh, and you've put it into active operation. Now, you see this in the lives of the great Christians of the past. You see it in Martin Luther and George Whitefield and John Wesley. All of them came to a point in their life where they abandoned where they were and decided this is the life I have to be on. Martin Luther was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. 
he and I have something in common. But the point is this. He understood the call of God on his life. He understood the narrow way was, was the way he had to go. It didn't matter that he was going to abandon all his friends, abandon his family, abandon the calling that he had because he had seen the truth, you see. And when you see the truth, when you see Jesus Christ and you understand the nature of the cross, there is no choice. You can't possibly walk on the Broadway. You are constrained and pulled and meant to walk on the narrow way for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, all right? And so we recognize as we walk on the narrow way that we are going to heaven, but along the way, and let me make this clear to you, along the way, from time to time, I'm going to fall off the road, all right? You're not going to stay on that road perfectly every single day of your life. From time to time, you're going to trip. You're going to fall into a ditch. You're going to uh, trip up and fall to the side. And you're going to be temporarily outside of the will of God. That doesn't mean you're going to hell. That doesn't mean that you've abandoned the narrow way. What it means is that you still have flesh that you're walking with flesh, and Christ sees us. And this is why when that happens, we pray to the Lord to save me, to forgive me. That's the nature of those kinds of prayers, even as we're saved because we will fall from time to time, and the Lord finds you and lifts you up and puts you back on the road. Puts you back on the road, and you're walking back on the road. And so even from the attacks of Satan and the insinuations of Satan, Jesus is there for you. Every step of your life for the remainder of your life, you belong to Christ. That's what it means to walk on the narrow way. You belong to Christ. Now, we need to reflect, really, on the kind of life that the broad way gives to the world. It is absolutely empty and useless. It is intellectually and morally bereft uh, in every possible way. It leaves men and women uh, with a nasty taste in their mouth in every possible way, and it leads to jealousy and envy. Consider it. People who are not complete, uh, given, given of themselves to Christ, what kind of lives do they have? Are they truly happy? Or is there bitterness, enmity, envy, jealousy? You know this. This is the way of the world. This is how the world lives. Contrast this life with the life given by the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus in every way. That's why you want to be on the narrow road. It is the most glorious way, and Jesus walks with you hand in hand on that road. Now, the trouble with so many Christians is this. They have never seen the glory and magnificence of the Christian lifeline. They've never seen it. They are blind to it. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 where Paul says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That's what Satan has done. He has blinded these people. They can't see the image of Jesus Christ. They don't understand the glory of a Christian life walking on the narrow road. Another argument that the Lord uses here in the Sermon on the Mount is that not to enter into the straight gate means that we are already on the broad way. Let me make that clear. Not to enter in the straight gate means you've already decided. You're walking. You're walking on the broad way. 
It has to be one or the other. You see, that's the way it is with Jesus, okay? There's no third way. There's no your way. It's either his way or the broad way. It's that simple. And so the Christian is confronted, really, by these two ways, the narrow way, uh, the straight and narrow, or the broad way where we do our own thing. Indecision and failure to commit ourselves to Christ means that we are not on the narrow way. Indecision and the failure to commit yourselves to Jesus means that you are not on the narrow way. Passive resistance is resistance. Don't let me hear you say, well, you know, I'm really, I'm not really totally sure. I haven't fully committed. I love Jesus. I love what he says. I love his words. But you know, I still have to live in this world. You've heard this. I still have to live in this world. I have to work with people. I have to be a professional. I can't look like a religious flake or a religious man. Do you think walking on the narrow way will make you a religious fake? Do you think loving your neighbor as yourself, praying for people that hate you, having a poverty of spirit, do you think that will make you a flake? Or will it instead elevate you in the eyes of the world? Who is that woman? Who is that man who can live that kind of life? How do they live that way? They live it because of Jesus. You see, they live it because of Jesus. Effectively, it announces to the world, I am saved. You don't have to go around with a poster board. The narrow way announces it for you. The life you are living announces it for you. All right? And so here's the point. The natural man has received nothing from the Spirit of God. Nothing. Uh, The carnal mind is away, is against the narrow way in every possible way. But because you've accepted Christ and walked on the road, the Spirit of God pours himself into your life, and the blessings of God come to you in every possible way. The blessings of God, what does that mean? It means God gives you everything you need. And I know every single one of you in this church can testify to that. Every single thing that you need, God has given you. When you walk on the narrow road. And not only that, the fruit of the Spirit pours into your life. You're able to love people that hate you. You're able to pray for people that detest people. You're able to love your neighbor as yourself. And you walk with a poverty of spirit, humbled before the throne of God. Because he poured it into your life, you see. That's how you're able to walk on the narrow gate. So how do we find this gate? How do we find this narrow gate in life? It is not because we are exceptional people. Let's get that out of the way. I don't want to think you found the narrow gate because you're smart, because you have a great personality, all right? You're winsome. You come from good people. You know, all all these these things. No, no, it's not that at all. It's not that at all. Rather, Rather, it is simply because God, in his love and mercy, recognized you were lost and you begged him for a savior, and as you reached out and called to him, needing a savior, God reached across eternity and put his hand on you and saved you and brought you to the narrow gate. This is important. Paul described this very act in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 8, where he said, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them 
garbage that I may gain Christ. Can you imagine? I, I refuse to accept anything that I have. Anything that I may have had before in my life is meaningless. The affluence, the power, the prestige, the respect, I consider it all garbage for Christ. And here's the thing that I want to emphasize for you now as you walk on the narrow road. Take a look at the passport you're carrying. The passport has your name. It doesn't have your father's name or your mother's name or your grandparents' name. You see, here's the thing. You're on the narrow road because of the decision you made to serve Christ. You're not there because you came from great people, because your father founded a church or your grandfather was a missionary. That's all wonderful. And they're going to be in heaven waiting for you. But your passport has your name alone. This is a one-on-one -on -one decision. You walk on the narrow road going through a narrow gate because you decided to do it. It's a personal decision. You walk that way. And so all of your reasoning, all of your ideas, all of your philosophies, all of your pride, all of your honor, all of this must be left behind. It's meaningless. We walk with him. We carry the cross for him. We serve him. And that's what the world needs to see. And so when faced with the reality of denying themselves, to follow Jesus. Most people, you see, turn away. They turn away. Jesus never sugar-coated the truth. Never. And the truth is that not many people are willing to give up themselves in order to serve Christ. Yet God offers salvation to any single person who accepts it. But it has to be on his term. Everyone, everyone who accepts Jesus Christ will be saved. But it has to be on the terms provided by Jesus, not on your terms. We must come the way that he has provided, and he has provided the pathway. It's the narrow way. We cannot create our own path or come to our holy God uh, because we have our own efforts. Your efforts are meaningless. You didn't get on the, on the narrow way because you, you studied and you looked at philosophy and you thought about it and you were introspective. All that is meaningless. You came to the narrow way because you were on your knees and you saw the blackness in your heart. And you mourned your spiritual condition and you bowed before the throne of God and you reached up and said, Lord, save me. I need a savior. And he reaches across eternity. And he saves you and immediately puts you on the narrow way. And now you have to walk that way. You have to walk that way for the rest of your life. And God understands this. God knows that in a sin-centered, sin-saturated world, few people will walk on the narrow way. And you read the, the parables of Jesus, and it's so true. Few people do that. But you know the difference. God has called you. And so Satan, you see, has paved the highway to hell with fresh temptations, worldly attractions, and moral compromise. That's the road to hell. You know that phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? That's true also, because nobody decides, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to hell. Yeah, nobody does that. But what happens is they start walking on the broad way, 
and they don't reflect on what those decisions are, and they compromise themselves day after day after day, and guess what? At the end of the road is hell. That's it. And nobody spoke about hell more than Jesus did. You know that in the New Testament, Jesus spoke about hell more than 70 times. More than 70 times! And so I'm stunned when I hear some pastors and preachers talk about the fact, well, you know, hell is really an imaginary place. Hell doesn't really exist. Hell is in your mind. Well, all I would say to people like that is, I hope you like it hot. I hope you like it hot. Because I can tell you, there is a hell. There is a hell. And God doesn't want to send a single person to that. He wants to send every single one of us to be with him. He created us to be with him. He created us to walk with him on the narrow road. He created us to live the kind of a life that draws other people to us. And so this is the kind of life that Christ outlined in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the kind of life God wants you to live. Every application that you see in the Sermon on the Mount is predicated on walking, on the narrow walk, going through the narrow gate, constraining ourselves, not living with our own ideas and philosophies, but bowing to him, picking up the cross, and walking with him. And one day, as we walk with him, he will take us by the hand, and he will step with us from this world into the next. He will walk with you. He will take your hand. He will step over that threshold. That's your God. That's your Jesus. Not only dying for you, but living for you, affirming you in every possible way. That's the life that he wants you to live in every way. Amen, church? Let's bow in prayer. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for your instruction about the narrow road. Lord, our hearts are touched as we understand the will in our lives that you want, how you want us to live, Lord. And so I pray that you will make every one of us responsive today. This church is committed to you. Our people are committed to you. They want to walk on that narrow road. Lift them, affirm them, be with them in every way as they make this passage. And, and let this message resonate with us and let it, let it resonate with our families and friends as we leave here. Let us find ourselves opportunities to tell others about it. Bless our people, protect them, and bring them back safely next week to continue our worship of you as we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.